Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cathartic Yelling, the show that is spreading like the measles. And unlike the measles, there's no way to prevent us from doing what we're doing. I'm Thomas Napley, and I am joined by the explicitly handsome Corey Skloff. Corey, how you doing? I'm good, Tom. I'm glad you said that. The rundown just said for you to say something nice about me, so I'm glad that's what you came up with on the spot. Well, I know you're not feeling too well, so I know I gotta boost your confidence. Uh, so you may not feel well, but you definitely look well, I assume. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I've grown a horrible shadow that has turned into a really scraggly beard, so I, I would have to disagree there, but I appreciate the kind words anyway. The sick beard, you gotta do it. I guess. You don't have to. <laughs> I wish I didn't. I hate it. My face feels terrible, but this is the life I'm living, so make the most of it apparently uh so let's just get we got a sponsor to thank so we want to thank the duck-billed platypus the spork of the animal kingdom and tom it's good to be back we took a week off uh thank you for your uh your your get well soon card i'm sure that's in the mail and just hasn't arrived yet but i'm i'm anxiously anticipating its arrival uh heal up we alternated dying and uh, we're back. Yeah, you know, it's good to be back. And again, that snail mail, it probably got lost trying to cross the Mason-Dixon line somewhere. So uh, Understandably, it's that border wall. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I hope it does get to you, of course. But, you know, uh, I was very sick. I'm feeling better. Uh, you're on your way. But you know what would really make you feel better? Laughter, because laughter is the best medicine. So let's get to everyone's favorite segment, Dumb Shit Cody Says Anonymously. We're talking in the group chat. I said, you know, nothing was said to provoke this, but I just said, hey, Cody, who's your favorite adult film star? You know, kind of dipping my feet in the water, seeing what he would say. And no matter what his answer was, we would have said something to kind of poke fun at him. And Corey, what was his answer? Cody said anonymously that his favorite adult (laughs) film star is Brad Pitt. I lost my mind at that. I could not, like, I was legitimately shocked. Like, you think of cartoons where, like, something crazy happens and the characters' eyes bug out of their heads and their jaws, like, fall off their face onto the ground. That was me. I just could not believe it. And we kind of were just like, what? What what did you just say? Are you serious? He's like, uh, sorry, is Robert De Niro a better answer? <laughs> yeah, because I guess in his mind he was trying to think just who's older, who's more adult. He was thinking of film stars that are adults, <laughs> not adult film stars. <laughs> yeah, that one, that really took us for a ride. And sometimes Cody does this thing where sarcasm may not translate well through text but i know at least between me and you we could kind of feel it out cody and we've had this group chat now for about at least over a year coming probably on two he still can't detect sarcasm but sometimes when he says something like this he'll tell us it's sarcasm anonymously of course and yeah he didn't even he didn't even try to back out of that one so yeah cody's favorite adult film star is brad pitt Got a, it's a, a, a bold answer. Kudos to Cody for having the courage to come out and say it. Yeah, good. Anonymously. <laughs> Anonymously. Okay, so uh, 
another kind of thing that kind of keeps coming up with the show is nicknames. So we got a nickname update. Last time we checked in, it was Antonio Brown and Mr. Big Chest. Now we have A-Rod and J-Lo getting married. So the epitome of the lazy nickname, the first letter of the first name and the first syllable of the last name, Alex Rodriguez A-Rod, Jennifer Lopez J-Lo, and boom, do we have to merge the nicknames? Is it A-Lo? Is it J-Rod? And yeah, I don't know. What- it's just, this has got to be the record for the most syllables to ever represent, the, the, the most syllables eliminated to ever represent two people. There are four little tiny sounds that are two names that these people are known by. That's that's absurd. Yeah, and like we said, it's the textbook lazy nicknames, and there's two of them, and, you know, combined now, this is what J-Lo's third marriage and A-Rod's second, so hopefully the bad nicknames can bring them together for a life happily ever after. Yeah, we got to send them a fruit basket or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, hopefully it gets fast, gets to them faster than my get well soon card to you. Yeah. I don't think it'll have to cross the Mason-Dixon line, so we should be good. <laughs> should be. So speaking of get well soon, so get well soon is kind of just an old thing that, you know, when someone's sick, you, you say to them, you can get it on a balloon, you could send it in a card. So thinking of just old school sayings overall, there's a lot of them out there. And not surprising to anyone, a lot of them piss me off. What about you, Corey? More than I care to admit, people say these things, and if it's not someone I'm confident that I can just complain to on the spot, I will, like, bite my tongue and, like, dig my fingernails into my skin to, like, hold back from ranting and raving about why that is the worst expression ever said. So we got a bunch of them to go down today, and let's just jump right into it. Tom, I believe... You're more, you're extremely passionate about this first one, as am I. Yeah, so it honestly, it came up, you said it as a joke when we were texting last week, but dress for the job you want. I hate that saying so much. And I've heard it going through college, and even some people, I would say, I, I guess I hate the context of when it's said to me, because I would say things, let's just say... Uh, For example, I wanted to be a broadcaster. Now, I don't, but let's just say that's what it was. And then I would get mad that I wasn't getting, you know, letters back from whichever potential employers. And then I don't know how it came up, but someone would be like, oh, dress for the job you want. No, if I want to be a broadcaster and that involves wearing a suit every day, I'm not going to wear a suit whenever I go out just to the grocery store, or when I go out at night, because I'm dressing for the job that I want all the time. Dress for the job you want. You dress for a fucking interview. That's when you go in and you wear the suit and everything. And honestly, last job interview I went on, I wore a suit, and now I don't wear anything close to a suit at that job. So if I would have dressed for the job I wanted there, I would have went in with jeans, loafers, and a button-down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing. I, I've never taken it to mean go to the grocery store wearing a suit, you know, and the off chance you run into 
someone that might be hiring, you're like, oh, hey, I see we're both interested in frozen pizza. <laughs> Perhaps we have that in common. Maybe you can have a job for me. Here's my resume that I happen to keep with me at all times just in well, case. Well, what I would do there is I'd be like, here's this card. Corey Skloff uh, gave it to me. That is true. I am very good at things. Um, but, like, even, like, if I have a job, like, in high school, I worked in a kitchen at a snack bar over the summer. Like, that was my summer job. If the end of the day, my dream was to go be a CEO of some company, if I fucking showed up wearing a suit and tie, A, it would have been ruined in, like, ten minutes because that is the life of working in a kitchen, but B, people would have been like, what the hell are you, why are you wearing a suit? Like, and the same thing goes for if I wore a suit to a normal job that I had to wear just like, like business casual, I think is a pretty, pretty normal thing for most jobs. You wear a dress shirt and slacks. I don't know why we're in the 1940s now. We wear slacks, (laughs) Um, but like, that's a pretty normal thing to wear. If I fucking showed up wearing a suit, people be like, why are you, do you got like another job interview after this? And I'd be like, nah, I'm here for the job I want. I'm like, that's great, but the job you want is over at at that corner office, and he's wearing the same thing that the rest of us are wearing. Oh, right. Because the expression, it's just, it's a stupid expression that makes no sense. And like, even even wearing a suit to a job interview for a job that you're going to be wearing business casual at is just, it doesn't make sense. Why do you need to dress up to make a first impression? Like, you walk in wearing a suit and they're wearing like jeans and a polo because it's casual Friday. Like, why do we have to have this discrepancy? Am I not going to look nice if I'm wearing business casual? Like, it's it's absurd and it angers the hell out of me. And I'm not about it. Stop saying it. I agree. And I think the thing with these sayings are obviously a lot of them are old and maybe even old world. But even something like this, dress for the job you want, if we take this saying back 60 years, everyone wore a suit all the time. So I don't know (laughs) when it came to fruition, and I don't know why it's a thing, but let's eliminate it from our vernacular, people. Please. Let's move on to to the next one, one that I know irks you. If you want something done, ask a busy person. I hate it. It's awful. I mean, I get the sentiment, oh, if you want something done, ask a busy person, because they're so busy, they could just add it to their list of being busy and do it for you. At least I think that's what they're going for, but I think intrinsically it doesn't make too much sense. My dad is a big fan of this one, but he's like, oh yeah, ask a busy person, because they have so much going on that they're in that zone, and they're knocking out projects left and right, and they can get it done faster, because they're in that mindset. And there is some truth to that, because if you're sitting around lazy all day, it's going to take a lot for you to work up the energy for you to go do something. But at the same time, if I'm busy and running around crazy and you come up to me like, hey, can you do this other thing? I'm going to smack you across the face. Why would I want to do this thing for you if I have 25 other things I have to go do for myself? It doesn't make any sense. Do your own shit. Get your own energy. Don't ask anyone else to do anything for you. It makes no sense. Do your shit. If you have nothing to do, let that thing be the thing that you do. Yeah, don't they know we have a very important podcast to edit and produce? But not only that, it's just, I don't, I don't, yeah, I I still don't even get it. Because I know as someone who can be busy at times, if I'm busy and I just keep getting more stuff piled on me, I'm not going to become more productive because I know I have things to do. It's not, oh, well, I have three things to do. 
and I have three hours to do it. Now, if I have four things to do and still three hours to do it, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to get the other three things done quicker because I know I have the fourth thing to do. It's going to take as long as it's going to take, and adding more to that plate isn't going to help me. And like you said, what I wonder what the person who came up with this was trying to get done and what the busy person was doing at the time. Again, that's reading way, way too into it, but still, it... This saying just does not make any sense to me. I don't like it. Yeah, I, it's just terrible. Okay, so from another saying I don't like to another saying I don't like, this that was terrible. But one thing that I always hear whenever I'm complaining about something, which, a surprise to you, Corey, is kind of fairly often. I'm, oh, boy. Yeah. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too. The worst saying I think out there I might this gives dress for the job you want a run for its money just because of how much I hear it I hear it more than dress for the job you want I think it's the dumbest fucking thing what the fuck am I supposed to do with the cake if I'm not supposed to eat it what I don't get I don't get it if someone gives you a piece of cake I and of course I'm taking this at very face value right now someone gives you a piece of cake and I go oh man I really wanted this cake it's it's a cheesecake Someone gives me a piece of cheesecake. Then I take my spoon, because I eat cake with a spoon, because it's easier to scoop. Different discussion for a different day. And someone grabs my hand as I'm going to put it to my mouth. They're like, whoa, you can't have your cake and eat it too. What the hell else am I supposed to do? I hate it. I don't understand it. And it's used a lot. I hate it. I hate it. I am getting so worked up over it, I almost can't formulate words to describe how much I hate it. I guess my first question would be, so if you can have the cake, but you're not allowed to eat it. Is there someone walking around there eating other people's cake? Like, I don't have the cake, but I'm lucky enough to be the one to eat it. With a fork, by the way. But like, Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Is this like the spin-off version of that? I, have, I just have no idea what it could mean. You can't have everything in life. Great. You can't have the cake and eat the cookies. Would make sense to say, to some extent. But you can't have the thing that you have and also eat it, even though it's a food that you are in possession of? You can't do that? In what way does that make sense? It doesn't, and I understand, I I do understand the sentiment, like, let's say you get a a job. We'll we'll go back to job, and let's say you get the job you want, but it's not the hours you want. That's a situation where someone would say, oh, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I understand it's like, all right, well, you have your dream job, but you don't have your dream hours. Like, there has to be give and take there. And I get it, but it's like, okay, first of all, I'm allowed to complain about anything that inconveniences me. And second of all, I hate the thing that you can't have your cake and eat it too. Because in that situation, if I was at a restaurant and I got a piece of cake, I'm eating it. I don't understand why you can't have cake and eat it too. I understand the sentiment, but the saying itself is very flawed. I don't know if they weren't allowed to, like, eat cake in the 1600s, if they were just supposed to look at it and maybe, like, I don't know, insert it through their veins. I I, I can't even, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but you should be able to have cake and eat it too, because cake is meant to be ate. Amen. Eaten? Or, uh, I don't know, you're the grammar guy. Eaten. Eaten. There we go. All right. Uh, so I believe we definitely have time to get in at least one more, maybe two. Corey, do you have any other ones? Well, this next one you're extremely passionate about, but 
not in a way that it angers you when people say it, like the other ones, but that it feels weird to say, and we want to know the origin of it. You feel strongly about this one. Ah, yeah. So this is a saying that I like that we're bringing this up because it's not necessarily one I hate, but one I'm definitely fascinated in. So I get it. To address the elephant in the room, which obviously means there is this glaring problem issue thing that we need to talk about and we're all kind of ignoring. An elephant is huge. It's honestly, I think this is a very good idiom, but the origin story. Were people just sitting around in a room or even in an open space and everyone just kind of sitting there quietly looking around eating dinner? Maybe the elephant made a noise, came in, ate some food or whatever. And then someone just looked up and was like, all right, what's the deal with the elephant in the room? So I just want to know how it kind of came to be because it's interesting. I, I like it. I understand idioms are probably meant to kind of be quirky and a little stupid, and this is, and I think the saying works, but how did we get here? And I never have that. I've never gotten that answer, and I really want to. Yeah, I just want to know, were they surprised when the elephant came in and they were able to bite their tongues and not say anything then, and then eventually they were like, we got to talk about this, right? <laughs> like, if there's an elephant walking into the room, your eyes are bulging out, and you're looking at it like, what the hell is going on? You're not just taking it like, oh yeah, there's an elephant. Nice. You are alert from the moment that elephant enters the room. So where the hell does that come from? Again, the, the expression works, but the reasoning behind where it comes from makes no sense. Could I Google it? Sure. Is this more fun? Absolutely. I also don't believe Google would have an answer that I'd be satisfied with. I feel like Google would. I did Google, you asked about who said, uh, ask a busy person. Yeah. I Googled that. It was Benjamin Franklin. He said that. Ah, damn, man. You know, well, I guess everyone has their flaws. It goes to show how much has changed since the 1700s. That indeed. So, Corey, you're a man of reason. You brought up reason before. Something that you have been trying to reason with is s'mores. And the spelling and the word, not the actual product itself, because, I mean, who doesn't like graham crackers, melted chocolate, and marshmallows? But you feel pretty strongly about the word s'mores, especially when you're reading it on paper. Yeah, so I got curious about s'mores and what does s'mores actually stand for? What does it mean? Where does it come from? So I googled it, and there's a Wikipedia page, thank God. And it said that s'mores is just short for some more. And I'm like, why? No one could come up for, with a name for it, so I'm just going to call it some more, but I'm going to throw an apostrophe in the middle just to really fuck with people. Like, I think that's a good idea. Why do we need to do that? And then every TV show, movie, stand-up, comedy, anything that makes jokes about s'mores, oh, I would like some more, please, those jokes are garbage. Knowing that it literally just means some more, anyone who's ever made one of those jokes should apologize. Because you literally just made a joke that was already the meaning of the word. There's no comedy there. There's no deep thought. This word means some more. I'm going to make it some more. Like, wh why? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, you, where my curiosity comes into this, how does the word some more combined into s'mores get to be labeled as the graham crackers, chocolate, and marshmallows, too. 
yeah, someone just got lazy, I guess, and they didn't want to think. I mean, it's a creative name, I guess. Not in hindsight, but at the time, it was probably pretty creative. How did that treat, though, take on that name? I mean, how does anything take on any name? Someone's just like, ah, I'm going to call it this, and it's going to work. I guess so. Well, another thing that will forever be a mystery. But what won't be a mystery is when the next Cathartic Yelling episode comes out. That's going to come out next Monday. I guarantee it. Tune in next time. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>